Lord Jesus and Heavenly Father, we thank you oh so much for the many, many things you blessed us with all throughout this day. And now the awesome opportunity to get back in your word once again. Please be with us as we do that. As we pray in Jesus' precious holy name, amen. Continuing our Bible study from A to Z in the word judgment, if you will turn to Zephaniah in chapter 2. Picking up verse 1 here. It's, gather yourselves together, yea, gather together, O nation, not desired. Before the decree bring forth, before the day pass as the chaff, before the fierce anger of the Lord come upon you, before the day of the Lord's anger come upon you. Seek ye the Lord, all ye meek of the earth, which have wrought his judgment. Seek righteousness, seek meekness. It may be, ye shall be hid in the day of the Lord's anger. A warning going out and a guidance going out to the children of Israel from the prophet Zephaniah. Speaking of how they need to return to the judgments of the Lord. The statutes, ordinances, commandments is what he's speaking of there. And to perform righteous judgment and you may be spared the anger of the Lord that was about to come down upon the children of Israel because of their disobedience and their unrighteous behavior. Accountability. Over and over we see the judgments coming upon the people in the forms of accountability because they got away from the true judgments of the Lord. All right, now turn to Zechariah. Zechariah, another, what they call a minor prophet, because they're short prophecies. Nothing minor about it as far as importance, but minor in form of they're not very big books of prophecy. And in Zechariah chapter 7, picking it up in verse 8, where it reads, And the word of the Lord came unto Zechariah, saying, Thus speaketh the Lord of hosts, saying, Execute true judgment, and show mercy and compassions every man to his brother. Something we all need to listen up to. True judgment. As it continues, And oppress not the widow, nor the fatherless, the stranger, nor the poor, and let none of you imagine evil against his brother in your heart. But they refused to hearken, and pulled away the shoulder, and stopped their ears, that they should not hear. The resistance that they had. As it continues, Yea, they made their hearts as an adamant stone, lest they should hear the law and the words which the Lord of hosts hath sent in his spirit by the former prophets. Therefore came a great wrath from the Lord of hosts. Therefore it is come to pass that as he cried and they would not hear, so they cried and I would not hear, saith the Lord of hosts. We got to understand and know to listen up. Don't ignore it. Don't harden your hearts or 
Don't close your eyes and plug your ears. Verse 14, But I scattered them with a whirlwind among all the nations whom they knew not. Thus the land was desolate after them, that no man passed through nor returned, for they laid the pleasant land desolate. The judgments that came upon the children of Israel. Talking about how the northern kingdoms were scattered about, and of course Jerusalem and the area of Judah and Benjamin was taken captive into Babylon. Those judgments. All right, now I'll turn to Zechariah in chapter 8, a couple of verses here, in verse 16, where it reads, These are the things that ye shall do. Speak ye every man the truth to his neighbor. Execute the judgment of truth and peace in your gates. And let none of you imagine evil in your hearts against his neighbor, and love no false oath. For all these are things that I hate, saith the Lord. The injustices that were going on back then are continuing to go on today, not just in Israel, it's speaking all over the world. Mankind in general needs to get back to the truth and fair and righteous judgment. All right, now to Malachi. In Malachi, in chapter 3, another one of the small prophecies. Behold, I will send my messenger, and he shall prepare the way before me. Now this prophecy here is concerning the arrival of John the Baptist, preparing the way for Jesus Christ. Once again, Behold, I will send my messenger, and he shall prepare the way before me. And the Lord whom ye seek shall suddenly come to his temple, even the messenger of the covenant whom ye delight in. Behold, he shall come, saith the Lord of hosts. But who may abide the day of his coming? And who shall stand when he appeareth? For he is like a refiner's fire and like fuller's soap. And he shall sit as a refiner and, and purifier of silver, and he shall purify the sons of Levi and purge them as gold and silver, that they may offer unto the Lord an offering of righteousness. Then shall the offering of Judah and Jerusalem be pleasant unto the Lord, as in the days of old and as in former years. And I will come near to you to judgment." And I will be a swift witness against the sorcerers and against the idolaters and against false swearers and against those that oppress the hireling in his wages, the widow and the fatherless, and that turn aside the stranger from his right and fear not me, saith the Lord of hosts. For I am the Lord, I change not. Therefore, ye sons of Jacob, are not consumed. Even from the days of your fathers ye are gone away from mine ordinances, and have not kept them. Return unto me, and I will return unto you, saith the Lord of hosts. But ye said, Wherein shall we return? The prophecy concerning the coming of 
John the Baptist to prepare the way for Jesus Christ to come in and once again establish judgment and a little hint toward the future there as well, uh, the millennial period and the eternal state where true justice and true righteousness shall reign forever. All right, now let's go right on over into the New Testament. Now, there's a lot about judgment in the New Testament because we've just been given a little glimpse in the coming of Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, the awesome work that He has done and is doing for us. And He teaches a massive group in Matthew chapter 5. But let's get into the section here where He's talking about in danger of the judgment in Matthew chapter 5, a couple verses, verse 21. Ye have heard that it was said by them of old time, Thou shalt not kill, and whosoever shall kill shall be in danger of the judgment. But I say unto you that whosoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of the judgment. And whosoever shall say to his brother, Raka, shall be in danger of the council. But whosoever shall say, Thou fool, shall be in danger of hell fire. This condemning judgment attitude is what he's speaking of there, which he goes into more detail over in Matthew chapter 7. Now here he gives us the illustration of the difference between judging and judgment concerning evaluation and condemnation. Now, we are not supposed to condemn anyone. And we get right into it in Matthew chapter 7, where it reads, Judge not that ye be not judged. Once again, as I spoke of earlier today's service, the judge here is talking about condemnation. The only one that can condemn is the true judge, which is Jesus Christ. And he will judge the quick and the dead, the born again and the lost, and only he can condemn. But as we continue going in here, he teaches us about how we are to judge in the form of evaluation. Let's think about the English language. Sometimes you got to look a little deeper into the old English here and find out what word are they speaking of. You go back into the Greek and, and so forth. The Greek scholars can study this and understand that, and, but we can clearly get the message and the content of the way he's explaining this to know the difference between judging someone in a condemning way and judging someone in an evaluation to determine what kind of person we are dealing with. Because we need to know what kind of people we are dealing with so we can react and interact with them in a proper way. Are they lost? Are they ungodly? If they are, then we need to try to help them become godly. If they are godly, then we can accept them and welcome them as a family member, as a brother and sister in Christ. But when we evaluate someone and we determine whether they are lost or saved in our eyes by their works, by their fruits then we know how to behave in front of them, to try to help them, to guide them, to assist them, to get right, to get on the straight and narrow. Because that's what it's all about. It's why we're still here. We've 
given a task to be ambassadors of God, to go out and spread the gospel. When we find someone that we can look at and clearly see they are living an ungodly life, he gives us the opportunity to assist them to get out of that ungodly life. And when we approach them and deal with them, we got to be very careful the way that we interact with them because they may think that we are judging them in a form of condemnation. We cannot condemn them. We merely need to assist them to see the light, to evaluate them, yes, in that form of judgment, but do not condemn them. Back into chapter 7. Judge not that ye be not judged, for with what judgment ye judge, ye shall be judged, and with what measure ye meet, it shall be measured to you again. And why beholdest thou the mote that is in thy brother's eye, but considerest not the beam that is in thine own eye? Here he's clearly pointing out, how are you going to assist someone else in their life as a Christian if yours is worse than theirs? we got to get our own life in order before we can assist someone else. Or how wilt thou say to thy brother, Let me pull out the mote that out of thine eye, and behold, a beam is in thine own eye. Thou hypocrite, first cast out the beam out of thine own eye, and then shalt thou see clearly to cast out the mote out of thy brother's eye. Give not that which is holy unto the dogs, neither cast ye your pearls before swine, lest they trample them under their feet, and turn again and rend you. Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For every one that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth, and to him that knocketh it shall be opened. Or what man is there of you whom... If his son ask bread, will he give him a stone? Or if he ask a fish, will he give him a serpent? If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your Father, which is in heaven, give good things to them that ask him? We need to ask him for knowledge, for understanding, for wisdom, for guidance, for the ability to be able to do the task he has available for us to do. We need to ask for his wisdom so that we can comprehend his will in our lives and then apply it properly. It is therefore all things whatsoever you would that men should do to you, do ye even so to them. For this is the law and the prophets. We do those two great commandments. All of it falls in together. We treat others with the kind of love and care that we expect to be treated. Enter ye in at the straight gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. And many there be which go in thereat. Because straight is the gate and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life. And few there be that find it. He's clearly teaching about how you look out in the world where you follow the popular bunch, the group that's going in. Nope, you want to find out what is the truth, what is the narrow way. Now let's look at that gate again. Enter ye in at the straight gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. Now this word straight 
is not talking about a straight line or a level. It's talking about a controlled, confined straight. So it's not going to be an easy pathway. It's going to be an effort. It's going to take some effort to go through it straight. It's restricted. That's what he's speaking of there. But the pathway to destruction is the easy, wide open gate. And then he teaches us here some more about judgment concerning the evaluation of others. He's beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. Ye shall know them by their fruits. How do you know them? Because you're looking at them, you're seeing their behavior, their fruits. What are they displaying? Are they displaying righteousness or are they displaying ungodliness? Are they spewing out a hatred or are they sharing the love? Are they filled with darkness or are they shining the light? When we look at someone and evaluate them in such a way, they may consider that that we are judging them in the form of condemnation, but no, we are judging them in the form of evaluation. There's a big difference there. We've got to be very, very clear on the way that we judge others in the form of evaluation, not condemnation. Just going back there to verse 1 again. Judge not that ye be not judged. That's condemn not that ye be not condemned. But look at them. Evaluate them. Because that's what he's teaching us in verse 15. Beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing. But inwardly they are ravening wolves. Ye shall know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes of thorns or figs of thistles? Even so, every good tree bringeth forth good fruit. But a corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit, neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. Every tree that bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. The judgment of the last days. The final judgment. The final evaluation and condemnation or rewards that we will all face. Wherefore, by their fruits ye shall know them. So we look at them, we evaluate them, we know what kind of person we're dealing with, then we know how to behave. To either reach out to them to draw them in, or reach out to them to welcome them in as part of the family. So many opportunities that he gives us. But along with those opportunities come responsibilities to be accountable for the way that you interact with others. He tells us over and over that we need to be representatives or we are the ambassadors we are christian which is christ-like need to behave that way need to shine the light of jesus christ look at them see what kind of fruits they are so you know how to react and interact with them all right now go over to matthew chapter 10 and it speaks here of the day of judgment in matthew chapter 10 Picking it up in verse 1. Here he's talking to the apostles when he sends them out to go spread the gospel to the children of Israel. 
And it reads, And when he had called unto him his twelve disciples, he gave them power against unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all manner of sickness and all manner of disease. Now the names of the twelve apostles are these, the first Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew his brother, James the son of Zebedee, and John his brother, Philip and Bartholomew, Thomas and Matthew the publican, James the son of Alphaeus, and Libius whose surname was Thaddeus, Simon the Canaanite, and Judas Iscariot who also betrayed him. These twelve Jesus sent forth and commanded them, saying, Go not into the way of the Gentiles, and into any city of the Samaritans enter ye not. At this time he sent them just to the children of Israel, because the prophecies were that it was coming to the children of Israel first, and then to the Gentiles. Verse 6, But go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel, and as ye go, preach, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out devils. Freely ye have received, freely give. Provide neither gold nor silver nor brass in your purses, nor scrip for your journey, neither two coats, neither shoes, nor yet staves, for the workman is worthy of his meat. And into whatsoever city or town ye shall enter, inquire who it is worthy, and there abide till Ye go thence, and when ye come into an house, salute it. And if the house be worthy, let your peace come upon it. But if it be not worthy, let your peace return to you. And whosoever shall not receive you, nor hear your words, when ye depart out of that house or city, shake off the dust of your feet. Verily I say unto you, it shall be more tolerable for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah in the day of judgment than for that city. Clearly pointing out, spreading the gospel, sharing the gospel, but when it is rejected, those that reject it shall be held accountable. Clearly put right there. Alright, now going over to chapter 11 and verse 20. And here we see also some more about this judgment, the day of judgment. So we pick it up in verse 20. Then began he to upbraid the cities wherein most of his mighty works were done, because they repented not. So the Lord's pointing out to them, Look, I've done a great work amongst you, but yet you have rejected it. Just like he was teaching the apostles there when he sent them out. As it reads, Woe unto thee, Chorazin! Woe unto thee, Bethsaida! For if the mighty works which were done in you had been done in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago in sackcloth and ashes. But I say unto you, it shall be more tolerable for Tyre and Sidon at the day of judgment than for you. Clearly pointing out that you are going to be held accountable to what you have been given. The more you've been given, the more you are accountable to. And thou, Capernaum, which art exalted unto heaven, shalt be brought down to hell. For if the mighty works which were, which have been done in thee had been done in Saddam, it would have remained until this day. But I say unto you, that it shall be more tolerable 
for the land of Sodom in the day of judgment than for thee. Clearly pointing out the different levels of condemnation, of suffering, of accountability, according to what you have received and what you have done with what you've received. The more exposure someone has had to the Lord will determine how much they are accountable for what they've been exposed to. Everyone that comes into existence will be given the revelation and manifestation of Jesus Christ, an opportunity to accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Some will be given more of an opportunity in the form of understanding because they've been revealed more of the Word of God than others. But everyone will have been given enough to determine whether they will be judged for receiving or denying. So we got to know. We've been given enough to get saved, and we need to know and understand that everyone will be given a fair opportunity to accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior before they leave this world. But also, as he's pointing out here, those areas, those nations, those individuals that have been given a lot of exposure, been shown a lot of the grace of God, that have rejected it over and over, will be held to a higher degree of accountability, a higher degree of punishment for someone who has rejected more and more of it, is what he's saying here. And it also shows us how there's going to be different levels and different degrees of punishment and suffering after judgment. All right, now turn on over to Matthew in chapter 12, another reference to the day of judgment in Matthew chapter 12, picking it up in verse 31. Wherefore I say unto you, all manner of sin and blasphemy shall be forgiven unto you, but the blasphemy against the Holy Ghost shall not be forgiven unto men. Now this blaspheming of the Holy Ghost is only going to be done by someone who has rejected the Holy Ghost, who has rejected Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. The blaspheming of the Holy Ghost, in this sense, he was talking about the Pharisees that was saying that the work that the Lord was doing was actually the Lord, the work of Satan. And Beelzebub, and Beelzebub being one of the demons, so here he's telling him, you do such a thing, you're going to be held accountable, and there's no forgiveness for going up against the Holy Ghost. Wherefore, I say unto you, all manner of sin and blasphemy shall be forgiven unto men, but the blasphemy against the Holy Ghost shall not be forgiven unto men. And whosoever speaketh a word against the Son of Man, it shall be forgiven him. But whosoever speaketh against the Holy Ghost, it shall not be forgiven him, neither in this world, neither in the world to come. Clearly put, you go up against the Holy Ghost, there's no forgiveness. Either make the tree good and his fruit good, or else make the tree corrupt and his fruit corrupt. For the tree is known by his fruit. O generation of vipers, how can ye, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaketh. A good man out of the good treasure of the heart bringeth forth good things, and an evil man out of the evil treasure 
bringeth forth evil things. But I say unto you that every idle word that man shall speak, they shall give account thereof in the day of judgment. For by thy words thou shalt be justified, and by thy words thou shalt be condemned. Justified or condemned by your words. Because when you're speaking, it's coming from the mind and from the heart. It reveals what's inside, and what's inside needs to be coming from a heart of righteousness supplied by the indwelling Spirit of the Holy Ghost. If you do not have the indwelling Spirit of the Holy Ghost, then you're going to be spewing out the evil. You're going to be those generation of vipers he's speaking of, and the evil speaking and you will be held accountable. Simple as that. And to know that as he said there in verse 31 again, Wherefore I say unto you, All manner of sin and blasphemy shall be forgiven unto men, but the blasphemy against the Holy Ghost shall not be forgiven unto men. That's turning against the Holy Ghost. That's rejecting the call of the Holy Ghost to come in and accept Jesus Christ. The Holy Ghost is the one that does the primary work. He's out there. He's reaching out to everyone. He gives us the blessed opportunity to be a part of His work, but the ultimate work is being done by the Holy Ghost calling people in. They reject Him over and over. They speak against Him. That's blaspheming. And then come Judgment Day, there is no forgiveness, and they'll be doomed for an eternity in the lake of fire. So we need to know that He gives us an opportunity to accept Him, to become a new creature in Christ. The calling is done by the Holy Ghost. And then we respond to that. We're dwelt with the Holy Ghost. And then we can bring honor and glory to Him. And He can teach us to know and how to perform true and righteous judgment. So let's all do that. Let's pray. Lord Jesus and Heavenly Father, we thank you all so much for your word. It gives us the guidance that we need. And the indwelling spirit of the Holy Ghost such a wonderful thing to enjoy, to treasure, to utilize. Help us all to truly do that, to treasure it and utilize it properly and to share with others. Help us all express the true judgment that can come from you through us. Thank you once again as we pray in Jesus' precious holy name. Amen. Thank you all.